We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020, a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else you get your podcast. At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. Sometimes when dealing with toxic situations or toxic relationships, you kind of have to step back and wonder, am I the toxic one? Oh, because I was thinking the same thing. The biggest thing I learned in my life is that sometimes I was actually the person being toxic. Look at you. We're on the same page today. This might be a good day, y'all. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts now. I think about the time that you spend in a workplace. Usually you're on a shift for anywhere between like eight to nine hours for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working in an environment once that I felt like was draining and sucking the life out of me. And unlike my little confession in the very beginning, I don't believe I was the toxic person in this relationship. I feel like the toxicity around me was literally sucking me in and I had to take the high road. Toxicity. The toxicity was sucking me in and I had to find an escape. Um, I was in an environment where I was pregnant with Jackson at the time, and I was under a lot of pressure just in terms of, you know, being pregnant, but also it was retail environment. It was coming around the holiday season. So that in itself, anyone who works retail knows that it's a very, very high stress situation. Ended up losing uh, my manager at the time, and uh, a lot of the weight fell on my shoulders, and I was doing the best that I could with the staff of 13 to make sure that they were happy in their workplace because I thought that was necessary as a manager to make the environment as happy for them as possible amidst all the chaos. Um, And then I went off onto my maternity leave after I felt like I was kind of shoved out in a sense. Um, went off on my maternity leave and while on maternity leave was hearing from other staff members that I was pretty much being thrown under the bus for things that had gone wrong. Mm. I mean, what other way to deal with issues than talking about the person who's not there Mm. at the time? toxic. Toxic, you know? Um, And that's not something I should have been worried about on my maternity leave, you know, dealing with my newborn baby postpartum. I should have been enjoying my time not dealing with work situations. So you know what I did? Thanks. I went back to work after my leave was over. Guns blazing. 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 I had everything lined up, every email, every conversation. I brought everybody into the room who had Mm. something to say. And I said, you know what, y'all? Let's let it rip with everybody in the same room at the same time so we can get down to the bottom of this. And Kadeen being the scapegoat was no more. And I was able to, you know, plead my case, chuck the deuces, Mm. and I was gone out of that toxic relationship Mm. because I did not deserve that and it was not necessary for a work environment. You know how you get rid of toxicity? 
How do you do that? Receipts. Oh! oh! Make sure you pull up the receipts. <laughs> Another one bites, bites the, the dust. dust. Hey. Go toxic. Another relationship. Bite the dust. dust. Get hey. rid of them. Hey. Uh. Where did you say you heard this song played at? And it was the most hilarious scenario. A wedding. At a wedding. A wedding. Deva- <laughs> the bride came down the aisle to another one bites the dust. What, what marriage was it? Was it her fourth, fifth? I think it was her fifth marriage. Her fifth marriage. And at this point, it was just funny to her and everyone. <laughs> so she came down the aisle to another one bites the dust. Mad funny. Mad That's funny. hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. So what's up, y'all? What are we talking about this week? What's been happening? We're talking about toxic relationships and oh, toxic man. people. Oh, man. I, that instantly just just made me feel heavy, <laughs> didn't it? Like I had to kind of just like, oh, here that was we some go. Crab legs you ate last night. Don't try to put me on blast. You had mad crab. I've legs been last carb night, cycling, man. okay? Eating mad carbs? It's cycling, so it's not like all the time. Oh, but so anywho. you eat your carbs while on a bike? <laughs> all right, that was that terrible. was such a dad joke. That was, ter- it that was, was such it was, a dad joke. It was, but I couldn't let it pass. All right. So let's start right with this. I think it's important for us to define what a toxic relationship is and how to identify toxic folks in your life. Uh, Miss Lillian Glass, well, Dr. Lillian Glass, I should say, in her book, Toxic People, defines a toxic relationship as, and I quote, any relationship between people who don't support each other, where there's conflict and one seeks to undermine the other, mm-hmm. where there's competition and where there's disrespect and a lack of cohesiveness. See, but I don't I don't completely agree with that. Like competition to me is not toxic. That to me has been very helpful in my life. Oh. Being in the sports arena because I was competitive. Take, take Marcus Colson for me example, right? Okay. Me and Marcus came into Hofstra. He was a year ahead of me. When I first got to Hofstra, I was like, "Yo, I'm going to be better than you." I'm competitive. You just said that to him? I just said it to him. I said, I'm coming for your job. Yikes. And then he laughed like, <laughs> But then he's competitive. So he pushed himself to not let me be better than him. Uh, and I pushed to be better than him. And that competition was healthy in our relationship because not only did we push each other, you know what I'm saying, but we also encouraged each other. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know if competition is always toxic. No, not always. Because I, I for as to play devil's advocate, I can think it could be unhealthy if, say, you were to do this to somebody who didn't have the self-esteem or have the um, confidence that Marcus had. You know, you may be, somebody may take that as you kind of... Um, you know, weighing down on them or you trying to be arrogant. Oh, because, definitely in the And approach. knowing, especially in the sports world and in athletics and just professional sports, that, that tends to work for some people. You talk shit and, you know, that's seen as something that can be uplifting in a sense. It gives you that rage and that that um, energy to just say, you know what, I'm going to just blow through this guy and take his job for real, for real. Whereas somebody, on the other hand, may not see it that way. They may see it as you picking on them. Maybe- yeah, but I mean, that person is a punk. But um, <laughs> I just know... <laughs> I'm serious. I feel like competition is healthy. I just... But but, I think, you know, we're talking particularly about relationships where consistently it's unpleasant, you know, and it's draining for people to be in it to the point that negative moments outweigh the number of positive ones. Right. And I think that's where why it's important for us to define what exactly is toxic. Mm -hmm. What's toxic about it is undermining or undercutting the people in those relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, like manipulation um, when you don't want to compromise, you know, like... That can become toxic. No, it can be toxic. It can be draining. And I I think about um, toxicity in people and as it relates to even just, say, family members per se, or just even, say, family members are not even a part of it, just anyone. What's the root of that? 
is usually with unhappiness in the person yes. that starts yes. this. And then they're now spewing this onto other people and trying to take them out with them. And it's usually harder to get away from if you're in a family relationship, you know? Um, I told you about my story with Mac and how I felt like that was a toxic right. situation that I was in. Um, do you have any toxic situations that you feel like you've been in? Yeah, I mean... to I, just remove yourself? I, I can tell you about a time where I was being toxic and didn't even realize... Oh, you were being toxic. Well, I, was, I was being toxic, didn't realize I was being toxic until okay. after the fact, right? And it came... Um, once we retired and, you know, uh, once I retired from the NFL, I was not happy about where I was in my life. I was, um, I felt like I had lost everything. I was lost in the world, didn't know where to go at this next point. I knew I wanted to act and do TV film, but I just didn't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, the world was so daunting that when I was giving advice to people, rather than giving them empowering advice on how great things can be, I was in turn giving them, projecting what I was feeling about how the world was. That's funny because I don't, dreams. I don't even foresee that with you. Because j- just knowing the type of individual that you are, having your mentorship program, looking, right. you know, like always looking to empower people, I can't even recall a moment when that has happened. Because I, I didn't do it. It's on, so unlike you, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it with malice, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't being toxic. I remember uh, at points people were asking me, "Hey, Deval, what do you think about this?" And I was saying, "Well." You want to be safe because you never know how this and that. You never know. So you might not want to do that. You might want to just, you know, settle here and do this because it's comfortable because that's how I felt in the moment after losing everything. So you weren't necessarily toxic with an ill will to not see this person succeed. You just from your experience was saying, you know what? It didn't work for me in this circumstance, so it may not work for you. Right. But it was still still toxic nonetheless. Telling somebody not to chase their dream or not go after what they want. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't get what I wanted. I wasn't where I wanted to be at the time. It's still toxic. Regardless of whether my intent was toxic, mm-hmm. just spewing that type of negativity or not encouraging someone to do or go after what they want was toxic. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people need to recognize how they're being toxic in their own relationships and not always looking for other people's toxicity. But notice that you may have some toxic moments in your life because that may be the only one I can think of right now. But I'm pretty sure there were other times in my life where I was being toxic and didn't realize it. Right. Because I wasn't trying to be toxic, but that doesn't mean I was being to- I wasn't being toxic. Right. I guess I could kind of relate to that in a sense. I think about when you had retired from the league and we moved back to Brooklyn and we were just kind of rebuilding our life. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had other friends and and people that we know that were still in the league and doing well and thriving at the time. And though I wasn't happy with the the situation we were in at the time, mm-hmm. I feel like I never wished ill on them. Right. Though I can't say honestly that I didn't have moments of like of a little envy, like, oh my God, why us? Why did this have to happen right. to us? And why couldn't things go differently for us? Right. And now looking back on it, I can say, well, that was just a test for us, you know, right. going through those trials and tribulations, for lack of a better word. Like that really made us who we are now in this moment. So I think there's a special characteristic in someone who can be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to wish bad on this person, but at the same time, too, I I just know I'm not happy within myself. So I can then, in turn, remove myself from that. Right. It's funny. People always ask, how do you avoid toxic situations? Realistically, um, it's impossible to completely avoid. What I would say to do is to recognize first mm-hmm. when you're in a toxic situation. Mm-hmm. Once you've recognized, you know how to maneuver around it. But you can't just avoid like you can't see a toxic situation coming until it actually <laughs> happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? It and doesn't like, beow, beow, yeah, beow, it, it doesn't beow, walk around like with a, a green field. aroma. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
It has you know, to the cartoons back in the day, you would see like the green fingers coming right. where it's like older. It's like, yeah. oh, here's a toxic situation. <laughs> that that doesn't happen right. in life. Right. But you have to like, recognize when it's toxic. And I feel like I was recently brought into a toxic situation where I I honestly had nothing to do with the toxic with, with the situation. However, by way of default, I was kind of brought into it. And it was one of those things where I could have thrown myself into the mix more and call this one and call that one and all that. And I was like, you know what, Lord, this is above me. Like Mm -hmm. I could, this situation has nothing to do with me. Though some people who I I care about are invested in the situation, it may be up to them to figure that out. And I'm going to move the way I'm going to move outside over here. So that's the most important thing. First, recognize that you're in a toxic situation. Right. Then two, maneuver around it. Absolutely. You cannot turn a toxic situation into a non-toxic situation. You can only... Remove yourself from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So I, I hit him with the SpongeBob meme. All right, I'm a head out. <laughs> because <laughs> y'all, I'm a head out. Po- y'all, I'm a head out. Because at this point, it had absolutely nothing to do with me. And sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to yeah. let things go. That's why we went with yeah. another one, Bites the Dust. But yeah. I know everyone wants to know how do we come to this topic and, and what prompted this discussion. Realistically, as a millennial married couple, you find out in life that sometimes you have to let other relationships go, other friendships go, because everybody's not in alignment with what you're trying to do as a married couple. You may have single friends, your wife may have single friends, and you may have other married couples who you have to let them go because the the toxicness in their the toxicity, <laughs> the toxicity uh, right now in their relationship may come over into your relationship. So that's how we got to this point. And, Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, talking about the things we talk about today, I'm hoping that you guys can take away just things that you can apply to your relationships, whether it be, you know, again, not just married couples, but you know, romantic relationships, um, family relationships, you know, we'll hopefully just shed some light and some things and talk through some things um, based on our own experiences and stuff. Yes. So, And I would like to read a quote from Dr. Uh, Shaina Ali. Oh, okay. Toxic friends said. may be inconsiderate, pushy, and overly needy. These are the friends whose texts you dread answering because they demand too much of your time. Mm. Toxic friends may make microaggressive comments without realizing they're being hurtful. Mm. In abusive friendships, the behavior intensifies. Yikes. Yes, that's Dr. Shiana Ali, a mental, a mental health, health clinician. clinician. Oh, wow. So this leads me to a very funny movie, one of my favorite movies of all time. Why did I get married? Oh, there's I love a scene. That movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene in the movie which is like the apex, well, the climax of the movie, where everyone is sitting at the table. Mm -hmm. And at the table, slowly but surely, people start to, you know, reveal things they know about other people's marriages. Oh, yeah. And it leads to a huge fight Mm -hmm. and an argument amongst all friends. Right. Right? Which to me is funny because all friends have those moments. And everyone participates (laughs) in those moments. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you how it happens. Especially mutual friends. Oh, mutual friends. For sure. This is exactly how it happens. And and people never want to admit to this, Mm -hmm. but this is exactly what happens. Okay. Me and you meet with another married couple Mm -hmm. and we have uh, maybe about six married friends, Mm -hmm. right? We get together and whichever friend is not in the room, the first thing we ask is, how is so-and-so doing? Right. Or when's the last time you spoke to so-and-so? Right. So once you start asking when... When was the last time you spoke to so-and-so or how is so-and-so doing? Mm-hmm. You start to discuss so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Then you have a discussion about so-and-so. One of the friends end up meeting so-and-so before the other friend. Right. And the first thing they asked was, when the last time did you speak to so-and-so? <laughs> so-and-so. <laughs> 
exactly. Then y'all speak to so-and-so cycle, about what y'all previously spoke about. And then so-and-so says, oh, so y'all be talking about me mm-hmm. when I'm not around. Mm-hmm. This happens in all friendships. And it starts in grade school. Yeah. It starts in grade school. Yeah. And what happens is people don't realize how toxic that can become mm-hmm. when you're not willing to say to your friend what you said about them when they're not around. Right. And that's what happens. That's when things become toxic because that's what happened at work. Right. Well, I mean, and do you think it's a thing where it's necessarily malicious things? Because sometimes it's not even no. things that are, are bad per se. It's just the fact that the conversation was had and it's like, well, would you say that to your friend to their face? <laughs> well, this this is one thing that I've noticed, right? A lot of times people give their opinions on other people's relationships to other friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like... If you're willing to give your opinion about my relationship mm-hmm. to someone else, why aren't you willing to give that opinion to me? Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes As toxic. As a real friend, yes. If you're really a friend, mm-hmm. you should be able to give that opinion to me directly. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes toxic. So you're willing to tell everybody else what you think about me and my relationship, but you won't tell me. And when you see me, you you just shower me with compliments and tell me how perfect you think I am. Right. That's not a good friend. That's a toxic friend. I'm about to friend. say, is that a friend friend? No, but here's the thing. I don't know if that's really a friend. I found in this day and age, people really don't know how to be truly friends. Mm -hmm. Because the minute you disagree with somebody, Mm -hmm. the first thing they say is, oh, you a hater. Mm. You a hater. The minute you disagree with them, you a hater. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And the truth of the matter is, just because somebody disagrees with you, don't mean they're a hater. Right. That does not mean they're a hater. Absolutely. I mean, people are entitled to their opinion. They may just really be offering you some constructive criticism. And then at that point, you kind of have to self-reflect now and be like, man, is there any truth to what they say? And this is not something that you take from anyone. It has to be someone who you value their opinion. Yes. If this person is someone that you call a friend and they can gain that title from you, because I would say that your friend is someone you think highly of or someone that you enjoy being around. And if that's the case... You might want to self-reflect and say maybe they, there's like a truth to what they're saying. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and, and luckily, I feel like with us, we, we have a handful of solid friends that, right. you know, whenever things are going on or if we ever need support or if we need feedback, these are that solid group of people that you feel comfortable speaking to because you know it's coming from a good place. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I don't think it ever comes from a bad place. But what mm-hmm. happens is, is we're conditioned now to only want to hear good things about ourselves. So yeah. the minute... You hear something bad, right. you start to question if this person is on your side. Right. The seeking so, validation thing, right? Seeking likes on Instagram, things like right. that. It kind of like funnels off into different areas of life. So, right. Yeah, so conversely, you don't want to offend your friend. Right. So you're, you know what? I'm not going to tell them because it really isn't my business. Right. So you get in this cycle of always throwing compliments and mm-hmm. not really being honest. Yeah. And 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 I see that a lot. Like a lot of the friends that I have now, mm-hmm. I've gotten into huge arguments with because they've said things about me or to me. That at the time I didn't like, mm-hmm. but I'm still friends with them because they were being honest. Absolutely, and I still fuck with them. Yep. you know what I'm saying. So yep. we can even you can tell me something. Yep, and we can disagree and we yep. can argue and argue fight and about debate. it. Argue and debate. Yep. But one thing is that I know is that that person got my back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I have friends like that. I have I have friends that we Absolutely. don't get along with everything. We argue all right. the time, but I love them because they'll be honest and they'll tell me like I don't know I don't know about that. I mean, and then there's people who you outgrow. Over time, and you think about people who you've known. I mean, I've known you for seventeen years, and I've seen people kind of, you know, who were there in the beginning are not here anymore, and you tend to outgrow people. Um, 
So how do you know like when when it's worth working on a relationship? Do you believe that people just outgrow each other or they can kind of grow together? Sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't realize mm-hmm. that you're in a toxic relationship uh-huh. until you're open to, to seeing how people move. Right. I think about um, when I think of relationships in general, I think about the level of care that goes into a relationship. Mm-hmm. How much do I care about this person? How much do I care to work on this relationship? How much do I care to let this go? How will I be affected if I let go of this relationship? And when I think about the level of care that goes into these relationships, my work environment, the story I told, it was easy for me to just walk away from that. Right. Though I cared about my job and my career and my profession at the time, I cared more about my name. Right. And I didn't care as much about the people who I knew were being manipulative in the background. Right. So it was easy for me to kind of sever ties and walk away and say, you know what? I can get another job somewhere else. Right. Put in my two weeks and transfer to a different location. Right. Easy. I think about the romantic relationships, though feelings get involved. And right. it's like, damn, I care about this person so much, but I can't continue to let this happen. Or I do. Right. You think about the friends, which is similar to a relationship because those are, again, chosen relationships right. that you have, you know, the autonomy over to say, you know what? I'm going to infuse myself into this relationship or not. Then you have family. Oh, I knew he was going And then you have family. And the level of care is there usually because that's a family member and you feel like I should care about my family member. That's not always But at the same time, too, some of these family members could really just fuck you over. Yeah, because some people ain't shit. It doesn't matter if y'all got the same blood, bro. Like, if you ain't shit, you ain't shit. It's crazy because I think about even just now as an adult, looking back on just... People in my family, um, like aunts and uncles, cousins, people who at the time I looked up to and was like, whoa, like they can do no wrong. They can, you know, like this is like, oh, you almost idolize these people because you can't wait to grow up to be like them. Right. And then you grow up to be an adult and and you you realize realize they have some really ancient ways about them. And they're toxic. And yes, they're toxic and they're just human beings at the end of the day. This, This is what I realized about that and those situations, right? You're always going to have people, and everybody has a level of toxicity in them. Mm-hmm. Everybody, myself included. I remember, right. I can recall times where I was being toxic, didn't even realize that I was being toxic until afterwards. I was like, damn, I should have never did that. Right. But you can tell when people are genuine. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, toxicity comes from people having their own insecurities and their own unhappiness about where they are in life. Mm-hmm. When you look at your friends or your family or your significant others, and you see someone who is just unhappy all the time and they're making moves in an unhappy way more than likely they're being toxic happy people are not toxic because they're happy right content with where they may be in their their life at that point in time exactly there's a lot of people in the world who exist in that space because they don't know how to find happiness so misery loves company Mm -hmm. when people don't know how to find happiness right they just want to make everybody else miserable so they can find a way to coexist with all these people who seem to have found their version of happiness right now what i found out in my life is that since everyone has a level of toxicity even yourself Mm -hmm. you have to measure who provides value in your life Mm. if someone provides a level of toxicity in your life sometimes but for the majority of the time Mm -hmm. they're they're filling you up with joy and, and excitement and, and they're mm-hmm. giving things and to they're you happy and they're, for you and they're allowing you to grow. Yes. You can get past certain toxic things that they do because no one is perfect. Mm-hmm. But when the toxicity outweighs the happiness, 
Right. You got to let those people go because that's going to weigh on you. Like you, you're going to start to feel unhappy and you're like, why am I like this? It's the people <laughs> right. that are around you. Unloading you know? everything on you. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with relationships. Right. People always want to say, oh, I love this person. You cannot love a toxic person. A toxic person will bring you down, especially if right. you choose this as your life partner. Right. Their toxicity becomes your toxicity. Absolutely. And you can't grow that way. And you take, yeah, it totally takes away from everything. Um, it's draining. Mm -hmm. It's a really draining situation to be in. You know, my very, my confession in the beginning was like, you know, Kadeen, you've probably been toxic yourself in different relationships, you know, throughout the span of your life. And mm -hmm. I can probably admit that too, because there's been times when I haven't been unhappy with my situation or unhappy with my space. Right. And that, although it may not have been consciously, I may have been unloading that onto someone else in my family. Do you, do you remember family. a time in, in particular? I, I do. I feel like, you know, when I, after I had Cairo and Kaz back mm -hmm. to back, um, I was in a space where I felt super unhappy. I think part of it was a little postpartum. Mm -hmm. And then some of it was kind of like, a, oh, woe is me. Like I just had two back to back babies and everybody should understand why I feel the way I feel, even though I don't really know why I feel the way I feel. And I was waiting for everyone to kind of help me unpack that. Mm -hmm. And in turn, I know you had to look at me a couple of times and be like, Yo, why are you talking to your mom like that? Mm -hmm. Or like, why are you talking to your sister like that? Like they're here to help you, but instead you're like barking orders at people and you're not being mindful right. of how you sound when you say things to people who are here trying to legitimately help you. Right. And I didn't realize how toxic I was being in that circumstance because I didn't see it because I was so wrapped up and involved and like, oh my God, I can't believe I have all this stuff going on and I'm so overwhelmed right. and I'm so overwhelmed that I wasn't even looking at the good that people were trying to provide me in that space and how a simple gesture to just smile and say thank you and be nice right. or to ask nicely for certain things could have gotten everybody so much farther along and made the space that much more of a healthy environment. Right. So I know for sure that was a time when I was just being super toxic. And then for a second, even in that work environment, I felt like I was succumbing to that because then I got kind of petty before I left for my maternity leave. You know, I was getting petty like, well, you know, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z because she didn't do it. And, when I, you know, she's going to feel it if I don't do this. And Well, it's, funny, and that it's point, funny you say that, though, because you know why things are considered toxic? Because toxic things spread. Yeah. You know, toxic yeah. things don't contain themselves. Yeah, toxic it's contagious. something else and it touches something else and it grows and it grows. So right. I, I could see how you can become toxic. Right. No, absolutely. So like in that work environment and then I think what hurt me more was that when you had to say that, Kadeem, you were being super just nasty. You're mm -hmm. being a mean girl to people who are legitimately like trying to help you and love you. Right. And that made me super upset. Like I remember crying about it because I was I like, remember. that's not what I intended, you know? I remember, yeah. And, and even though that wasn't my intent, how it was received was something that I needed to be mindful of. And after that, I was like, wow, I have to really just be, you know, be cognizant of the fact that people are here to help and this is a situation that should be joyful and it's, it's post-baby and everyone should be coming around to help and they want to yep. be here to help. Yeah. But instead I was pushing people away, you included, by just not being a nice person. Listen, <laughs> you know? I, it's funny because we, you know, once again at the NFLPA couples event, they were talking about how do you get rid of toxic behavior, right? Toxic mm -hmm. behavior starts with toxic thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. When you have toxic thoughts, how do you get rid of toxic thoughts? Mm -hmm. And then he was saying, I forgot this young, I forgot this young man's name. His name was Anthony. Anthony, yeah. His name was Anthony. Anthony had said something that rings so true, mm -hmm. right? When you're trying to think about something, they tell you to think about something else. So he was like, count to 10 in your head. Mm -hmm. so, so you go to count to 10 in your head, go to count to 10 in your head. Then he was like, all right, say your ABCs. So he's like, I don't get it. So he's like, count to 10 in your head. Okay, now say your ABCs out loud. So I have to say my ABCs out loud. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I get it. The only way I could stop counting in my head 
was by saying it out loud. It stopped the thoughts. Oh. So if you're having negative thoughts, if you speak positive thoughts, that's why they talk about words of affirmation and mm, speaking things. Speaking things into if existence. If you speak positive thoughts, yeah. it allows your brain to stop focusing on negative. Oh. And that is so true. That's how we can break free from these toxic, from these toxic relationships no, facts. pretty much. Literally. Facts. And it starts with yourself. Yeah. You, you, the only way you can break free from toxicity is knowing that you're toxic too. Mm-hmm. Finding out how you're toxic, mm-hmm. you realizing that you're toxic, breaking mm-hmm. yourself free from toxicity, then you'll be able to see who around you is being toxic. Absolutely. And it starts with words of affirmation, waking up in the morning and saying stuff. Like, there was a point in my life where I remember I wrote the mission statement. Yes. And this, when I was lost, when I was lost in my life, just retired, dealing with pain med addiction, trying to figure out how to get in the TV film and build a business, I used to wake up in the morning, go into the bathroom and say, each day I work to build a legacy, not to be defined by my greatness, but by the masses I inspire to be greater greater than myself. myself. I said that every single day for about two years. And anytime I get lost now, mm-hmm. I say that because that's my purpose. So what that so I'm about to say, what does that do for you saying it aloud? It just kind of reiterates what your purpose is and why you're doing what you do. And it, and what it does is deflect mm-hmm. from what's going on. Sometimes you wake up with bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like there were times where I used to wake up and I'm like, man, I don't know if I should do TV, man. I'm never going to be an actor. I'm never going to make enough money to support my wife. I'm never going to. And then all these thoughts start to come and come and come. And they and consume you. There were times when I used to go in the bathroom and just lock the door and you'd be like, Deval, are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. And then I'd be in there 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and you even this morning. I was like, what are you taking the shit of your life? What are you doing in there? <laughs> I'm like, get out. Sometimes I'm in there mm-hmm. preparing myself for the day, and I cannot start my day off being negative. That was like this morning. That was this morning. I had to ask you if you flushed first, though, because it was coming It was coming out the <laughs> it was, bathroom. It was, it was toxic. No. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't coming out the bathroom. She's it was. such a damn I liar. I swear to God, y'all, this morning, I was like, Deval, are you okay? It couldn't have been me. I'm vegan now. What does that have to do with anything? And you're such a liar. You're not vegan. Y'all already know. I'm devout- vegan now. <laughs> vegan. No, he ain't. I'm coming over to your camera for that. He sure ain't. <laughs> vegan. I'm vegan. What? He sure ain't. Vegans poop don't stink. Because all I eat Since is when? leaves and flowers. Oh, my God. Because I don't want to be toxic. You're so annoying. You don't want to be toxic. Let be me vegan. Tell you, let me tell you some examples of how you can, <laughs> you can break from toxic relationships. Be vegan. And oh, toxic... Oh. Booty. <laughs> <laughs> so nasty. Tell people how you really feel. Back to honesty. That's true. Respect your feelings and make your mental health a priority. Hello. That's exactly what you just said. Making it a priority, whether it's affirmations, whether it's okay. meditating, whether it's praying, whatever you find that can center yourself. I'm listening. Why not? I'm listening. Speak from your place of truth. That is, that is, that is so, yeah. Ugh. Preach. That feels good. Set and honor your boundaries. Oh, boundaries are so important. Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch on boundaries when it comes to these relationships. Because we can do a whole episode on boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Yes. Don't doubt the boundaries that you've set. If they can't respect your boundaries, they can't respect you. You know why that's important? I just want to stop right there. That's important because people often ask this question, should I feel a way about this? That's not even a question. If something somebody does to you make you feel a way. Right. Then you feel a way about it. Right. Like that's just the way it is. No one can tell you how you're supposed to feel. And if you're asking me, should I feel away? Chances are you do feel you away. You already feel away. And yes. there's nothing wrong with feeling away. Right. But what you do with that feeling is then on you. If Absolutely. you express it to them, mm-hmm. if you express that you feel away about this, and mm-hmm. now you give them a choice to stop making you feel that way, then you know if you have a true friend or not. If they just like, oh fuck what you feel, that's not a true friend. That person toxic and you need to move on. And that brings me to my next point. Leave the relationship. Sometimes you just have to know when to walk away. 
No relationship is worth making you feel bad about yourself if the person isn't willing to hold themselves accountable or take positive action to improve the relationship. Ooh. It is not on you to mend things. We be trying to fix everybody's life sometimes. That's that's true, but I, I I would say this: it's not on you alone to mend things. Absolutely, it's on you together because it's not on them alone mm-hmm. to mend things neither. Mm-hmm. However, but you ultimately, have to, it has to be willing to be mended. Your control of you. You're yes, you, you, you are in control, control of, you. of you, not them. So, you know. And the, and the thing is, there's a power in setting boundaries, mm-hmm. being honest, mm-hmm. and speaking your truth. This is who I am, period. This is who I am. I'm allowing you to see who I am in my whole self. If you make a choice to be around me, then that's your choice. Absolutely. Don't expect me to behave any differently because then you can make a choice to not be around and me. And then I have a choice to accept you being around me or not. Yes. Vice versa. Isn't that what happened? Yo, I swear I swear everything. When I turned 30 is when I had a reawakening of life. Mm-hmm. And so did Kadeem. I thought you were 25 till you died, but whatever. Just for the sake of this, I hypothetically turned 30. Oh, you're hypothetical. Okay. Today. <laughs> but then I go back to 25. When we leave here. When the podcast's over. There you all go. right. All right. Mm-hmm. So when I hypothetically turned 30, mm-hmm. I had an awakening on life mm-hmm. that I was no longer going to live the way people wanted me to live or the way I thought people wanted me to live. Mm-hmm. I just said, fuck it. I'm going to be me. And I wanted to do that with you because I wanted to just be myself around my wife. Right. Because I felt like both of our behavior was becoming very toxic. We were both Absolutely. being very petty. We Absolutely. were doing things to each, uh, to ourselves on per- uh, to each other on purpose to try to nitpick and get at each other. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to start being me. If she fuck with me, she fuck with me. Right. If not, then we're going to have to make decisions on whether we want to be, be together, together or, or not. not. Absolutely. And our relationship. Because people are entitled to grow and they're entitled yes. to change. Yes. And the, what the true test is if you can grow and change together through this That's or not. That's the true test. And um and yeah, so once Deval kind of presented me with this, like, you know, this is me, this is what it is. I'm tired of living this facade of what I think people and you want me to do. It's amazing how much of a weight was lifted off of both of us. And it was a presentation like that, though. It was. We sat down. It was, literally. We sat down, and I was like, yo, this is how I feel. I just I just want to let you know this is where I'm coming from. I'm going to start moving this way. Mm-hmm. And then she was just like, okay, so let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Exactly. I'm going to start moving this way. Right. It was kind of freeing for me, too, because sometimes, you know, when you're within the confines of a relationship, I should say confines, but when you choose to be in a relationship, a lot of um, what you do or don't do is thinking with the terms of, like, trying to appease somebody at the yes. same time. Yes, You know, you kind of dance sometimes around certain things because it's like, oh, and that's is, toxic. This, is this compromising or is this me, you know, compromising how I feel in a right. circumstance? And this then can be a detriment, detriment to me because resentment will build or, right. you know. So at that right. point, I had to be like, all right, Kadeen, is this something that you're willing to deal with? And again, going back to choices, which we say almost every episode, it goes back to then giving me the choice to decide, am I going to then now appreciate and love and accept Deval for who he is? Or, um, you know, is it something that's not worth working towards as a couple anymore? And to be honest, that revelation for the both of us brought us so much closer together. Mm-hmm. Once, once we had that revelation, mm-hmm. that's when our, not only did our lives start to grow um, together, but they also grew individually. She yeah. started doing better Absolutely. in her career. Absolutely. I was doing better in my career because we both felt how free. Flourished, yeah, and we were able to get on the same page too. Because at that point, we were talking about the next, the next way we can then get our careers to kind of take it to another level. Yeah. You know, you being an actor, me being you know an actress and on camera television, and all that entire you know feel that we were both trying to kind of launch and propel ourselves into. We were now able to speak about that openly and be on the same page yeah. so we can build a, a, a plan. 
Right. You know, build a narrative about what we wanted to do. And that's how social media became about. And and here we are today. We have a podcast and we're able to talk to you about this stuff that was just an idea, right. you know, like five years ago. Because of the freedom to be ourselves. Absolutely. And to not feel judged by each other right. first right. and then by everyone else. Right. And getting so, rid of those thoughts that could have been toxic and could have just kind of taken us astray, you know, or kept yeah. us in an unhappy space. And I mean, no love is worth the sacrifice of your physical or emotional well-being, to right. be honest. So. so, I mean, I think there's ways to kind of, um, there's benefits to creating healthy boundaries, you know, right. when it comes to you and just protecting yourself with these toxic <laughs> forces around us. You know, how do you create your own little force field to protect yourself? Well, the first thing that that I've learned, and I've learned this recently from Denora, she said that she started to create boundaries first by time, right? Okay. She only allows people certain access to her mm-hmm. during the times where she's prepared to take in those people. Dope. So Shout out example, to Denora, our manager. Yes, Denora, yep. this was a great tip. She said that um, on her phone, mm-hmm. she puts it on do not disturb as soon as it hits, uh, I think, 11 p.m. Okay. Because that's her time to focus on her. Right. So now... Her phone is not going to ring at 11 p.m. And anyone can come in and just take access to her time. Damn, Dino. So if I text you at 1 a.m., I'm not going to get you this. She's not answering. Nope, she's not answering. She don't like you. She don't want to hear from you. Hey, I respect your space, sis. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. And then uh, communicating thoughts, not assuming. Mm -hmm. I think that's another super important point. Oh, yes. Because think about the things and the, the way your mind works when you start to assume things. And the stories and the sonnets and the haikus that you build in your head. Haikus. And it may not even be. Look at you a, being all poetic. I mean, you know, I learned that in one of those grades. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you think about what you build in your own mind. This yes. whole story and this whole narrative that may not even be true. And it'd be simple if you just communicate what it is, take it for what it is, and keep it pushing. You know? Yes, yes ma'am. And then there's a the responsibility factor. Be responsible for your own actions. Yes. Like you said, knowing when you may be the toxic person. People not, don't want to hear that, though. No, they don't want to hear it. But People I think a lot of self-reflection that. goes into this whole episode of toxicity. It's like, you got to realize, you know, what is my what are my intentions here? How am I feeling here? And how can that be projected on someone? You know? Let me tell you that what I learned about being responsible for your own actions, right? Being a professional athlete, even before that, being a college athlete taught me the most about being responsible for your own actions. And I'm going to tell you how. They film everything in sports, right? They say the eye in the sky don't lie. They film practice. They film all of these reps, right? So you go out there every day and you play receiver and they tell you a hitch is at how many yards? It's at seven yards. So you run this hitch. You run to seven yards. You turn around. You catch the football, right? You run. You turn around. The ball doesn't come. You get screamed at. Devon, what are you doing? He's like, I did everything right. I ran seven yards. I don't know why he didn't throw the ball. You and the coach are going back and forth. The coach said, you ran seven yards. He's like, yes, I'm telling you, I ran seven yards. Then you get back in the film room. <laughs> you watch film of yourself and you realize that you only ran- Six yards? Six yards. Yikes. I knew that you was see what I'm happen. saying? And then, But in your mind, mm-hmm. because you didn't have self-reflection, in your mind, you knew that you ran seven yards. And it wasn't until you were able to see yourself from someone right. else's perspective right. that you say, ah. Right. Because your you're your, every intention in you was to run them seven yards to make I that had first down. every intention to mm-hmm. run seven yards to get that first down. But That's I called believing in yourself. Six. It's believing in yourself <laughs> to a fault. <laughs> to a fault. And people do that every day. Uh-huh. And it has nothing to do with hitches. It has nothing to do with football. But people in themselves believe in themselves every day that they're doing everything in their power the right to way. To be the right person. And if the eye in the sky yep. was recording them, they could show them how many times you didn't do what you intended on doing. Facts. And that's not that Bars. you did it, you tried to do it wrong, but you Be just didn't do what you intended. Be your eye in the sky. Yes, because the Be eye in the sky don't, don't lie. lie. Guy? Hey. You know what a takeaway is for me what? from this show? 
You can't infuse yourself in a toxic situation and make it non-toxic. Ah. You can only remove yourself from it. That's Stop true. trying because this is what a lot of people do. A lot of people think they can save the day. They mm. can save this person. They can save that situation. You can't. Right. When you've Sometimes noticed. Sometimes the intentions are good, but. Yes. When you've noticed that something is completely toxic, just avoid it at all costs. Because there's nothing you can say or do that's going to change that situation. All that's right. Dope. Look at that. That was a nice little little discussion here. We got to was, load, talk about it. And I hope, you know, anyone who's listening now, if you have those relationships where you feel like are kind of on the fence, that you revisit them. And, you know, if it's worth sticking around for and the person in the other in the relationship with you is willing to then speak with you about it and you guys are able to, you know, hash out some things, then it can it'd be worth holding on to. If not... Another one bites the dust. Boom, boom, boom. Another one bites, bites the, the dust. dust. That's, that's the only part of that song I know. But it's it the only so part fitting. you need to know. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break now and move into listener letters after we get into some ads. This for the record. There it is. A win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story, it comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All-American, a new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind. And this season, with the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. listener letters i get a lot of dms i can't answer them because they come in so fast but we do read the emails and these are my favorite part of the show because we get to interact with you guys absolutely that's what we have for the first question today question number one i love your podcast well we love you too thank you yes it gives me so much insight into love and relationships i know you both met in college and started the journey from there but do you have any advice for someone who is out of college and wants to be taken seriously in the dating world? I am 25, still a baby to some, but I have an old soul, at least I would like to think so, and can't get with this millennial casual dating hookup scene. Mm. It has not worked out well for me. I catch feelings fast when sexual intimacy is involved, so I avoid it now as I am dating. What advice do you have for someone looking to date with the vision of having a long-term relationship in a culture that says if you don't sleep with him, you will lose him. Signed, Yikes. sexually frustrated millennial that wants a partnership. Wow. Oh, sis. This sounds like a lot of the young sis. women that reach out to us. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Or just even like, you know, friends who we have that yeah. are still single and still trying to find their way and navigate this whole dating scene. It's crazy because I feel like I can't even speak to the dating scene nowadays. Um, no. I'm sure it's way different than if yeah. I was dating in my 20s, you know, um, years ago and stuff. Um, so from what I hear, though, it can be a very frustrating experience yes. for a lot of people to try to, first of all, meet like, like-minded individuals. It's like, where do you go to meet those people who are like-minded right. individuals? And then from there, how do you set um, boundaries, like we spoke about right. earlier, set boundaries and set a standard for what it is you're looking for as you date casually? Right. Um, 
What do you wear on the front from guys? So we, I have this conversation a lot with the young men that I that I talk to and speak with, and um, this is this is the biggest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because of where we are, you know, uh, socially, mm-hmm. and with the whole you know um, revolution of women's rights and um, women owning their sexuality, there are a lot more women uh, in. 2019 who are willing to have open sex Mm -hmm. than there was back in the day. Mm -hmm. So traditional values of dating just really just don't exist anymore. Mm. Um, But what I will say is this. If you're a woman who has standards and sets your standards, right, you have to be open to dating someone who is probably going to date other women because they probably have other things that they want to do. That doesn't mean you have to compete with those other women, though. Mm. So just because they're having sex with those other women doesn't mean that you have to have as much sex or have sex with him to even be in the conversation. I hear from a lot of men, from young men, 25, all the way up to 45, that sex or not having sex will not stop me from dating a woman, Mm. especially if the woman is interesting Mm. and intrigues him. So what happens is women often feel like, Oh man, he you know he's dating other women. They probably having sex. I got to do it. Right, almost like you can't stand a chance right. to compete with somebody like that. Yeah, and and women probably feel that way, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. Mm. And I know I know personally from close friends, mm-hmm. all different types of ages, who who have dated women mm-hmm. who were not sleeping with them and dating them for months, who were not sleeping with them. Of course, they were having sex with other women, mm-hmm. but then it was like, damn, I really like her. I mm-hmm. really like her. And then it was up to the woman to say, listen, I want to be exclusive. Right. I, I want to be exclusive and, and I want to take things seriously. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, I don't want you to be with any other women. Mm. But at that point, you have to be open to what he says about that. So if you're being honest with him and say, listen, maybe I don't want to have sex until I get married. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not open to that. Uh-huh. Maybe he's not. Maybe he said, okay, so you know, I won't have sex with anyone else. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to date, I, I would like to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. If you're not open to that, that's not the guy for you. But you have to be open to having that conversation and, and say to him, okay, I don't want you to have sex with anyone else, but you know, we can move forward and be intimate. Or the only way I'm willing to be intimate with you- Is if it's exclusive. Is if it's exclusive. Mm-hmm. And I've seen men at that point make that choice and say, you know what? I'm willing to go there. If, if they're really interested in the woman, they're willing to go there. Wow. But I don't think women- have taken that. They've. I see a lot of women because they've said to me, "Oh, he's having sex with other women. I think I should just have sex with." Right. Him. I mean, that can be intimidating. Absolutely. You, I mean, you feel like someone is offering something that you either can't give or not willing to give in that moment. Absolutely. Um, and I can understand from her perspective. She's saying that you know, she maybe tries to to do the whole like casual sex thing, but then feelings get involved. You know, and then what happens? And then you get your heart broken over a situation that maybe is casual sex to him as well. You right. know, so having the conversation about is this going to be casual sex or not? Are we having sex with the intent to potentially move the relationship right. into another, you know, area? Then that could potentially work too. And in the meantime, sis, um, hit up some, you know, sex toy spots and <laughs> handle your business however you got to handle it in the meantime. Because she did say that she's also sexually frustrated in the meantime while she's which, looking for this partnership. Right, which means she so. wants to have sex and she's not. She doesn't want to hold out to a marriage. Right. But she probably doesn't want to do the casual. You have sex with whoever me. She wants mm-hmm. an exclusive relationship absolutely she wants an exclusive relationship and she wants someone to respect that i think if she if she gives the guy time to get to know her Mm -hmm. and have him commit Mm -hmm. to being exclusive i think she'll find somebody just don't feel 
that you have to compete with women who just want to have sex. You don't have to. There's Absolutely. different lanes for different people. Right. You just got to find the right guy. For. Yeah, who, who respects your lane. Right. That's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I was kind of stumped on this question just because, like I said, I haven't been in the dating scene, but I know you talk to a lot of men who are, you know, friends or just casual conversation with guys who then tell you what they may be looking for when they're dating or on the scene as well. Yeah. And, so. and to be honest, this is just, you know, transparency. Mm-hmm. A lot of men, after you know having sex with multiple women, find sex to be shallow unless it's with someone that they have a connection with. Mm. So a lot of times they are having sex with multiple women and having sex frequently with other women. That's because they haven't found someone that they've connected with to have sex with. Mm-hmm. A lot of those men say that sex with someone you're connected to is so much more mm-hmm. um, fulfilling than just having random sex. Mm-hmm. So you just have to find a, a man who wants to have sex with someone that has a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just that simple. And and be willing to hear, because this is something else you have to be willing to hear. If you want him to not have sex with all of these different women and just have sex with you, be prepared that his sex drive may be high and he wants to have sex with you a lot. Because mm-hmm. that often becomes an, a topic in relationships. It starts off hot and heavy because she's frustrated. <laughs> right, right. But then when she's no longer frustrated and only wants to have sex once a week, mm-hmm. that may be an issue for him. Be prepared to bust it down. <laughs> bust it down, bust it open, all as Listen, much as possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being 100 percent honest. Oh, if you are, if you are attracted to alpha males who work out a lot, who love to conquer things. If you're attracted are, to a Deval, <laughs> listen. If you know, toot, toot your own horn. No, why don't you? If you know toot, a nigga toot. like to have sex, right? Don't expect that. <laughs> When he start dating you, he just not going to like to have sex no more. Like that to me is the most asinine thing I ever... You knew that he liked sex when y'all right. started dating. Exactly. And now you dating him and you just like, no, I don't, I don't want you to have and sex And he still wants much. to do it. 17 years in, girl. 17 years in. Well, can you blame Bust, me? Bust your fine self? Well, can thanks. you blame me? Oh, thank you. You can't blame me looking as good as you want to look, girl. <laughs> with your thick thighs. I appreciate you. And your pretty eyes. Oh. I don't lies. It's no surprise. <laughs> I am wise. Bars. Bars. <laughs> You've been eating a lot of fries. <laughs> I can't. I can't it's even. not a disguise. Oh. I can just keep going. Question number two. <laughs> Listener letter number two. You are a hot mess. Oh, my God. I wanted to join in there, but I was totally oh, talking off, caught off guard with that one. All right. So I, am a, I, ma- I married my husband almost four weeks ago, and we're happier than ever. Four weeks, shall I hope you're happy in four weeks. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) We were together seven years before getting married, and I'm struggling on figuring out our next step. My husband wants to have a baby right away. Like, he wants to get me pregnant the night of the wedding. Or he wanted to get me pregnant the night of the wedding. What I did. Which Deval did. Um, I personally would like to purchase a home first. How do I compromise with my husband and still get what we both want? Hmm. Okay, so he wants to wait. So wait a second. No, he doesn't he want to wait. He wants to have a baby, baby right, right away, away, and she wants to have a home. So I, I'm wondering, is it a financial thing? Um, because when it comes to a house, that's something that you tend to plan for financially. I Whereas think it's a baby, the dream thing. I feel like I feel like you never really like you can plan for a child, but I feel like you're never really ready for a child until the child comes. That's you know? so true. You know, you can prepare there's as much as you want, time. but there's never really a perfect time for children. Um, what were you saying about the financial part? No, I think sometimes it's just the vision of the oh, two okay. people, right? Like okay. his vision may be married, baby. That's just the way he f- views his life. Uh-huh. Her vision may be married, house baby 
Right. So sometimes it's not even finances. Mm -hmm. There there are people who have this question who are both well off. Right. It's just the vision of what you think your life should be. Right. One thing I'll say about marriage is throw away your vision of what you think your life should be when you marry someone. Somebody, exactly. Because that now, is so true. It's, it's, We've been through that. Yes. For sure, for what sure. What you think it's supposed to look like mm-hmm. almost never happens in that order unless you find a submissive person right. that's just always going to let you get what you want. But you won't even like that either. Right. Exactly. You know? And I mean, I think you can plan more so for the house in terms of like, okay, finding a house, having money set aside to then have the house and everything. Mm-hmm. When it comes to children, though, you just never know. Like we, you know, we're fortunate that we were pregnant on the honeymoon. Right. I know some people who plan for a baby. We're going to wait until, you know, we're three years in on our anniversary and then we're going to try for a baby. And then it may take them longer to conceive. That's so you true. just never really know when the right time is for certain things like that. Yo, that's because I never I never this is the first time we said this. I've never thought about that though. Yeah. I've I've literally because I'm a man and sometimes you just don't you don't think outside of what you're capable of doing. Right. Because as a but, woman, I think that a lot of women think about that. If you do desire yeah. to have children, when is the right time and all that? And then you just never know. Like it, it may yeah, you just it just I, may not wow. happen right away when you think is the right time to happen. And I've known people who have struggled with, wow. you know, getting pregnant because they thought it was the right time. They had the house. They wow. had, you know, everything set up. <laughs> they had yeah, you had th- certain things in place that were within your control. And then when it comes time to then conceive it's not in your control and then you end up disappointed or you know then that can also too bear some kind of burden on you so i just realized that sometimes we give we give advice to people from a place of privilege mm-hmm. we've been privileged to have our first child immediately mm-hmm. we struggled with Cairo. you had to go have a procedure done to get your tubes flushed yeah so now it kind of like it brings me back to that moment when you weren't sure you could have another child absolutely yeah that that choice of when you're going to have a baby is not always in it's like not it's not in always the in the cards no. or because it's not I always remember, up to you. I got off of my I got my IUD taken out like in I think it was like April when Jackson was like 4. Right. And then I was like, "Oh, great. Took it out. My doctor is like, you had no problems getting pregnant with Jackson, so you'll you'll be straight shooting. You can just try and like you And know, I was shooting. And he was shooting. Shooting the club up. All the way up. <laughs> Shooters keep shooting. <laughs> and then nothing was happening. No. And I was just like, that's no. strange. Like, I thought it would have been easier. Yeah. Um, and something just didn't sit right with me. Deval thought I was overthinking it. He's like, just relax, yeah. enjoy the process, aka just bust it wide open as much as you can because I'm going to just yeah. do my part. Yeah. But me, on the other hand, I felt like something deep down was not right. And I spoke to my doctor, unbeknownst to you, mm-hmm. um, spoke to my doctor, and she and I arranged a procedure that I had done and um, was able to get pregnant after that, thank yeah. God. Um, but yeah, well, you tell just me never you found know. Out. She found out she had blockage in her tubes. In my tubes, I did. Over and I had time, to have, over years. Um, um, oh goodness! What's the name of the procedure? Escapes me. I think it's an HCG or HGC. Um, that's the name of the procedure I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it flushed my tubes, and then I was able to get pregnant, like literally right after that. Um, and then that probably explains why Kaz came shortly after right that after too, that. <laughs> because um, everything they was were just backed clear. up in there. Like yeah. they were all back in there waiting. Like hello, can you let, <laughs> hello, there's a blockage. Can you let line. me out, and they all just came oh, out like boop boop. So, I mean, it's safe to say that you guys should maybe have that conversation um, more, maybe another time talking about, like, you know, what it is that you want next. What do you want? What can wait? Um, if the house can't wait for you, I mean, you might want to try for the baby. You're married now. You've been I together agree, seven years. So children are if a it's blessing. that time, you know, it's that time. Children are a blessing. You can always, you know, as long as you're financially stable, house hunting and house planning is a lot easier mm-hmm. than planning for a, a child because mm-hmm. that may not always be up to you or your body. Right. So I would say, listen, you want to compromise, you want to, you know, have the open conversation, mm-hmm. be honest, because right. that's always what it comes down to. Tell him exactly what you want, mm-hmm. but be willing to hear what he wants as well right. and see if y'all can find a way 
to get both at the same time. And if not, think about what you can control and what you can't control. The mm-hmm. things that you can't control, leave it up to God. Yep. If you believe in the universe, mm-hmm. leave it up to the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And things you can control, get that done immediately. There you go. And then before you know it, you might be you know, making a baby on your new kitchen countertop in your house or something. You love countertops. You know, this is the second time you mentioned. I told you. Kitchen I countertops. I talked about countertops already too. Yeah. So. She love countertops, guys. I'm, I'm gonna put a countertop saying. in every room in our house. <laughs> I'm gonna put countertops everywhere. Wait, Javon, why is there a countertop in the playroom? Huh? Yes. There's a countertop in the car. Countertop our in the garage. Our Cadillac got a countertop. <laughs> so Just so that oh I can lift goodness. you on the countertop. You're so annoying. <laughs> and if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's deadassadvice at gmail.com. Yes, and that leads us to the moment of truth. Mm. This is my moment of truth. Okay. It's very simple. Uh-huh. All right. We're talking about toxicity and being toxic. First thing you want to do, the first rule of toxicity is recognize the toxicity in yourself. Mm-hmm. Figure out how you're being toxic and why you're being toxic. Once you can figure that out, then you can see how the people around you are moving in a toxic manner. Once you figure that out, dismiss the ones that you want to dismiss. Keep the ones that you want to keep. And just keep working on being as less toxic as possible. There you go. As less toxic. Yeah, Lex I fucked toxic. that up. <laughs> less toxic. It's okay. You, you did a lot of talking today. There's yes. a lot of X's. A lot of X's. Toxic thing. You made the word up. A lot of X's. Toxicity. And speaking of X's, if the, pers- if the person in your relationship is toxic, they may become your ex. Yes. Okay? Don't touch know my shoulder when, to let when go. talking about X's. Oh, my bad. I'm here. <laughs> my bad. I'm here. Um, but no, learn when to let go. You need to learn when you, or learn what your boundaries are and know what it is you're willing to tolerate and not tolerate. That's what I took away from it. Mm. Because sometimes, too, you get into a relationship and you feel like you can bend certain things that you know you really don't want to bend on. Right. So by knowing your boundaries, by knowing what you can and can't deal with or not willing to deal with, then you can move forward and be more clear with your expectations of what you want out of that relationship, whether it's your friend, yes. your relationship with a spouse or a significant other, a family member, and all that good stuff. So There you have it. Find toxicity in yourself, set boundaries, and be okay setting those boundaries. There you go. Dead ass. Life. All right. Dead be sure. Ass. To follow us on social media, that's I am DeVal. And Kadeen I am. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review because we love to hear feedback. Please do. We love the feedback. What you like and what we can improve on. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Mm-hmm. That way when we do upload new episodes, it automatically downloads to your phone. Because we're back, baby. Back. Dead ass. Dead ass. Deadass is a production of Stitcher. It's produced by T-Square and Denora Pena. Our chief content officer is Chris Bannon. Our associate producers are Kristen Torres and Tribble. Our studio engineers are Brandon Burns and Andy Kristen's daughter. We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcast at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to the Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please.